Dr. Tony Stone, Chief of Staff, Lake Ridge Health on the line. Good morning, doctor. Good morning, gents. How are you? Uh, very good. Thank you. And I think uh, everyone uh, hotly anticipating this vaccine news. And uh, should we find out more today about uh, delivery options and, and when we can get it? You, doctor, are probably going to have bruises from the amount of times Craig Venn drops your name to try and get his, <laughs> himself up higher on the list <laughs> to have this thing yeah. uh, delivered. But Which would uh, work? It doesn't yeah. work. No, it doesn't work all well. That's that's that idea out the window. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I know they're announcing the task force today. What I uh, and I'm not sure what um, what target they set. What I heard before was they were setting a target at the end of this month to tell us uh, how the whole rollout would work. And you know, supposedly what will happen is we'll be able to vaccinate three million Canadians between January and March. I guess we'll see if that happens the way it's supposed to do you think doctor uh much like the flu shot i know this is early days and we don't know but will it will it uh, at some point be something that's available at all pharmacies or do you think like out of the gate it'll be just probably in your doctor's office in select locations yeah i uh, we're waiting to find that out i mean ultimately as you know most vaccines will be delivered in one of those two locations but it depends on the vaccine type mm. Uh, you know, I think we talked before about the fact that these messenger RNA vaccines are stored at ultra cold temperatures. So I don't know, um, you know, we've already seen like in the UK how they're trying to sort out how to distribute those. You know, once the other vac- the, the other more traditional vaccines like the AstraZeneca and stuff come out, we'll see, we'll see a, a more usual distribution. So I, I don't know yet um, what the plan is for distribution of these ultra cold ones. You know, we've seen that the Pfizer... Once you take it out of those temperatures, I think it's good for like five days stored in uh, commercial freezers. And uh, the Moderna, much better. I think it's up to 30 days. So so uh, we're all um, waiting just as you are to see what the strategy is for distribution. Doctor, it's what, nine, ten months into this now. And, uh, and COVID fatigue has certainly been a problem. And uh, there are a lot of who are tired of talking about it, tired of hearing about it, uh, and uh, and questioning a lot of things when it comes to the testing, whether or not our numbers are right with the tests being done, uh, uh, the percentages, are they correct, and are there such things as false positives? What have we learned more about testing now? Well, so the the, the standard testing, with the, it's called the PCR testing, you know, uh, with the nasal swab, is um, pretty accurate. So it, it, it runs uh, at, I think, over 90% in terms of sensitivity. So picking it, picking up the infection when it's there. And almost, uh, like 99%, over 99% uh, when it's negative in being a true negative. Wow. So the test is pretty good that way. The, you know, I think what the, the issue that we have here in Durham and maybe in some other places is this. We want people to get tested um, early when they get symptoms. So we, we're collecting our own data because we're running these assessment centers across Durham. And what we found is that the average length of time between symptom onset and registering for the test is somewhere between three and four days. What we'd, what we'd really like is for folks to register, you know, within a day of symptoms. And remember, you know, people with moderate or severe symptoms, I think that, that's pretty straightforward. Everybody wants to test. It's folks with mild symptoms that we really want to capture. So you have mild symptoms, go and register within a day because we know um, like right now our wait times are such that if you register, 
you'll get your test same day or next day. So we really want people to get tested early. You know, one of the ch- challenges with this virus is that you're shedding virus two days before any symptoms and then for about about maybe four or five days after. So the sooner we can get testing done, the better. Okay, doctor, then let's clarify then. If a, a severe symptom would be, uh, I, I guess, fever, uh, loss of taste, loss of smell, it is a, is a, a runny nose in, in winter enough of a, a, a small symptom to get tested now? Yeah, so let me, there's where there's a lot of confusion around this. You, I, I think everyone has heard about fever, cough, shortness of breath as the sort of the cardinal symptoms. But we know that this virus um, in, in mild cases can look exactly like the common cold. So, so you can't distinguish it. You got to do it by, by a test. And, um, and what's happened is, as you know, that in kids, um, basically the advice that we've been given is if, there's, if they have the sniffle, watch them for a day. But even in kids, if their symptoms are per, uh, persist or they have, you know, let's say, runny nose and cough, they still need to be tested because if you look at the positivity rate in kids and teens, it's, it's right up there. Um, so, so that's the trick is that if you have what you think is, is uh, symptoms of a common cold, we actually want you to get tested too. And, you know, doctor, I think one of the problems that we're having, again, with the fatigue of it all, and we've said this, I think, from the beginning, in that there, there's, for some, this embarrassment uh, to it all, in that if they found out they had it, they feel some shame, they don't want to admit they have it, and now it kind of sends their life into a little bit of turmoil because they got to quarantine for two weeks. So I'll bet you there's a lot of people roaming around who kind of feel like they got something, but they're like, ah, I'm young or I don't have any other uh, underlying health issues, so I'm just going to wear my mask and roam around and try to ride this out so it doesn't affect my life too much. I think there's a ton of people out there like that. Yeah, I, you know, I, um, I don't know how exactly we'll conquer that. I can understand um, the concern. You know, if you look at the positivity rate in Ontario, and I'll talk about Durham because the positivity rate in Durham is running between 3 and 4% of all the, all the tests we're doing. Uh, and we also know that, uh, that there's a large number of folks where when they do the contact tracing, they don't know where it came from. So that means that virus is circulating. You know, we all got to live our lives. And so um, uh, from a blame point of view or an embarrassment point of view, don't be because, because the virus is circulating in the community and we don't know exactly where it is. I do understand, you know, the worry about um, the isolation. All I can say is, you know, the, the big problem is that when we don't do the isolation, if we have COVID, then that's where we start to run into bigger problem with this virus taking off. I, I just don't know what to say about that one, guys. Mm. I know. It's, it's just tougher and tougher, I think, as time goes on. And Dr. Stone, yesterday, uh, I don't know if you saw it, the, the Premier of Manitoba gave an emotional uh, uh, speech uh, on an update on coronavirus, talking about the holidays and how to spend it with family and basically saying, cancel your plans and, and he'll take the blame as the Grinch who stole Christmas because uh, the, uh, the, the, the rate, positivity rate there is soaring, cases are soaring, and they're telling people uh, in the entire province of Manitoba to, to lock down. A big question coming up here with the holidays and how do we spend it with family? Yeah. So I think um, uh, the data shows that um, through Thanksgiving, we experienced a spike in uh, COVID after Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I think we're all expecting the same kind of thing through Christmas. So, you know, the ideal situation is we're all interacting, you know, outside of our own household, we're interacting through Zoom with all of our extended family, all of our friends, uh, that should be that would be ideal. 
now, if you look at, at the current rules, um, it certainly still enables us to um, to have these small social gatherings. And what I would say to everybody is, if you're going to do that, so Zoom is best, but if you're going to get together with anybody, extended family and friends, the key is to really make sure that you employ all the same safety measures with the assumption, because the virus is circulating in the community and people um, people have no symptoms whatsoever, they're healthy when they first get the virus, assume that whoever you're interacting with has the virus. So how would you behave? You know, if you're going to be if you're going to be around them, you're going to be staying six feet apart, and you're going to have a high quality mask on and high hand hygiene. So I'm going to say that ideal is the um, is the thing that you heard from the premier of Manitoba. It's it's the, the thing you hear from all of the experts. If you're going to interact with anybody, then really it's about then assume that they could have the virus or you could have, and neither one of you has symptoms yet. Okay, and finally, back to the vaccine, Doctor, when it does get rolled out, because we're talking about uh, early December, at least when you're going to start getting your hands on it, and then we'll figure out uh, who's going to get it and, and all of that. For those who are still concerned, and nobody's going to be forced to take it, how many, though, numbers-wise, would you like to see in Durham? Would it, 70% of people take it, 80%? Right, so so um, people have heard this this concept of herd immunity, and herd immunity means that there's enough people in the community that are immune to the virus that uh, it breaks the train the chain of transmission. So the estimates for this virus are that 70 percent of the of the community has to be immune. Uh, now, if the if the vaccine effectiveness is let's say between 90 and 95 percent, it really means that you need probably at least 80 percent of the community vaccinated. Uh, against the virus. So I, the, the thing that we have to sort through is this issue of vaccine hesitancy. Okay. It's, it's a, a big issue in Western democracies in North America and Europe. And, you know, so uh, often what we see is that 60% of the population says, yep, I'm getting the vaccine. But another another 30 or 35% are, are not sure. They're undecided. I think what's important is to talk it over with your health provider um, what's so important in dealing with vaccine hesitancy isn't to criticize folks because they're not sure, it's to give them a good information. Mm. Tell them all the, the information we know, tell them all the pros, all the cons. Uh, just be straight up because I think that actually helps people in their decision. We know for, you know, I mean, if you look at the technology of these vaccines, um, common side effects with the two that are coming out first is you get you can get a sore arm, you can get fever and chills for a day. All that actually demonstrates that you are appropriately your, your immune system is appropriately reacting oh, okay. to the vaccine. That's yeah, good. But to it, know. but actually, but there has been yeah, but there has been no major negative effects. So that's good. And there's been over seventy thousand people who've been tested. But the thing that we have to get 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 going quickly is you you might know that. Um, it's only been tested in folks that are 12 and over. So we got to get um, kids, we got to get studies going in kids because the first tranche will be all adults and, um, and teens, uh, but we, we need to study this uh, vaccine in kids too. Very good, doctor. As I understand at this point, of course, it'll be seniors first and then healthcare workers, frontline workers. And if we could get anybody named Craig high on that list, <laughs> that, that, that would be terrific, I think. I think it's fun here, for a lucky as well right yes <laughs> of course there's always going to be a spot for lucky he'll get ahead of me for crying out loud <laughs> all righty doctor thank you so much for your time as always yeah, my pleasure guys there take he is care. thank you take care of you as well uh, dr tony stone chief of staff at lake ridge health